Welcome to episode 30 of Cartel Conversations, a podcast of the Micromodel Railroad Cartel and the Micromodel Railway Dispatch Easing. Joining me tonight is the editor and publisher of the Micromodel Railway Dispatch, Ian Holmes. How are you doing this evening, Ian? Oh, mostly good. I, I spent most of uh, our summer break with COVID, but I think I've recovered from that now. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Glad you're on the men. Uh, any project updates despite being down with the COVID for a while? Wow. Well, yeah, the thing with COVID is like, well, it's different, different for different people, but, you know, it uh, really sapped my energy and uh, enthusiasm quite a bit. You know, for example, one day because I had like I couldn't go to work. So I was like at home or by myself. But so I was feeling pretty good. So I began to work on one of the articles for the dispatch. And I was physically exhausted by all the work I'd put in by lunchtime. I was absolutely shattered. Mind you, I think what I've done will be worth it. But I'm saying no more about that, you know. But when I I'd get some energy back, I was moved to start a loco for my, my challenge layout. After all, I will need a loco to run on that when it's finished, won't I? Well, yes, yes, you do need one of those. That would be uh, quite a bit big help unless you're modeling a uh, micro that's an abandoned rail line. So I don't <laughs> think you're doing that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I finally got inspired to start my entry for the Christmas Challenge micro layout build this month, and it's well underway now. And I'm having a lot of fun building it. Remember when we recorded last time back in, uh, I guess it was June, when you said you wanted to add elevation to a micro? Well, I went ahead and gave that a try on my challenge build. And mind you, um, I do have those Saluda grade inclines on this one. And for those of you who don't know, the, the Southern Railway, now the Norfolk Southern in the United States, they actually own the Saluda grade, which is located in North Carolina. And the average grade is 4.24%. It was the steepest standard gauge mainline grade in the United States. It's no longer in service. As I was looking up the Saluda grade, doing a little research for uh, our podcast tonight, there's actually talks about converting it into a rail trail. But anyway, my micro's got some steep grades on it leading up to the sector plate. And actually, in hindsight, I probably should have gone a little lower with the elevations, but at least it does work. And my layout theme is actually going to be based on my HO scale Owensville Terminal Railroad. And it represents a section along a fictitious uh, branch line that I have called the Stevenson Branch that's located in south central Missouri. doesn't exist in real life, but it's something I made up years ago when I started my Owensville Terminal. And my focal building is actually a Craftsman Structure Kit I built several years ago. And it's a feed mill, and I've named it Murray Christmas Feed and Seed. A uh, little play on words there for oh, you. <laughs> but, uh, well... I uh, painted the structure. It's uh, weathered red with like green trim. And I used to have a story for that years ago that I made up, but it it was something it's it's probably one of the longest builds I've ever had. I bought the kit in 2010 and I finished it in like 2015. Well, it's just been sitting around on a shelf. So I wanted to put it on a layout, but my uh, layout projects that I have right now, even my uh, shelf layout I have, it, it just wouldn't fit on there. So I decided to build this uh, micro challenge and uh, give it a home. So that way I'll have something to use that little kit on. But anyway, um, 
I've had to lay that project aside for now. I've got to take care of a few other things. It seems like it's home repair season for me. I've got uh, several uh, honeydew things i got to do around here. So, uh, once I get those done, I'm hoping to pick that up and start some scenery work. So I'm looking forward to that. As of tonight's recording, we're down to about three months left to build a micro layout for the 2022 Christmas Micro Layout Challenge. Now, we're calling it the Christmas Micro Layout Challenge, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas theme. Isn't that right, Ian? No, no of course it doesn't. No, but it certainly would be nice to have uh, a Christmas-themed entry or two in the challenge. Perhaps I'll throw some snow cover on the ground of my entry. And However, you know, most of my energies with the layout work right now are kind of like uh, directed at preparing my uh, upper box layouts for shows this fall but like i said uh, earlier you know i did start on locomotives and a couple of items of stock for for the challenge layout because well like i said it won't be a layout unless i have trains to run on it since i messed around with um seven eighths was that last year or two years ago? Two years ago, I think it was. I was messing around with 7 8 scale, wasn't I? And uh, I decided that that was too big. So I drifted over towards 16 millimeter. And uh, I've got one, two, I've got three locomotive kits and four Binny, Colin Binny, Hudson Skip kits for locomotives and stock for my layout while i was laid up with with the covid there i just felt like i wanted to make something for the challenge layout so i started on one of these uh kits from a guy in the uk who goes under the uh, name of loco remote for his kits they're 3d printed kits and they are all like they're bluetooth operated they're like when you build the uh locomotive where you, you get when you get the kit you, you get it with the motor and the uh receiver unit all you have to do is like buy a rechargeable battery and you like plug you make the kit you plug everything together and then you use bluetooth to uh operate the locomotives and it's hmm, it's it, it's really cool. It's very neat. You know, I assembled one of the kits. The uh, he calls it the hoodie. Yeah, it's a tiny thing that sits in the palm of your hand. It's a freelance sort of interpretation of a uh, small locomotive that would be built around a Hudson wagon skip chassis. And there were many of those kind of like um, home built sort of things that found their way onto like potato farms or quarries or or any small industry you know they would find a way to take a, a wagon skip chassis and they would like bolt a lawnmower engine or something onto the chassis and chain drive to an axle you'd have a really cheap and cheerful locomotive for whatever you were planning to do i mean i'm really impressed really really impressed with the quality of this kit this is a nice thing about these small manufacturers, you know, a lot of them are really, really good at what they do. And Chris Rennie at Loco Remote, he's extremely talented with the uh, designing of the work for the 3D printer. The parts in this thing are like they're a push fit and they fit perfectly. And I, 
I've hardly had to glue anything. The only parts of it I've had to glue are the little bits of conversion that I'm doing to it. You know, everything else is a push fit and it fits absolutely perfectly. It's amazing. That's superb quality. I have a locomotive. And I have to work uh, these Binny Hudson skip wagons for my layout, but I don't have a layout. You know, of mm. course, we have the track plan. The track plan is already sorted by the nature of the competition. So I've got the track plan, but I don't have that spark of inspiration to base the layout on. You know, I'm big one for a spark of inspiration to get me going, as you know. And once I get that spark, I mean, things should move on really quickly. I mean, I did see some pictures of a Forest of Dean Freemine online that I liked. It was just like, the arrangement of the buildings and the trees around it and everything and I, I really liked that and i wanted to get a second look at it but as it is with finding things on facebook once you've seen them unless you've marked them or downloaded the pictures or something they're often gone forever you know and i, I can't mm-hmm. find the pictures of this free mine anymore which is extremely annoying because i can kind of like see it in my mind's eye but i'd just like to take a second look at those pictures to see if it would work well you better get cracking because you're running out of time oh well yeah that's the thing with me you know tom it's like once the inspiration strikes i am boom you know that i'm at it yeah you're out of the gate and you're gone so yeah uh, and and of course there's still plenty of time to get something built for those who haven't started yet and you can find the contest rules at the micro model railroad cartel facebook group It's actually in the featured post section at the top of the group page. There's also a guides tab, although for some reason on mine, the guides tab doesn't show up on my app, but it may be because I already read it and that's why, but I'm not sure what the deal is. But if you're on Facebook and you find the guides tab, you can also find the uh, instructions for the Christmas challenge build. The guides feature is something new that Facebook Groups has introduced, and we're going to try that out with the contest rules, and then we're going to maybe use that in the future. That might be a useful feature for the cartel for future content, but we'll have to see on that. Go up to the feature section on the Facebook page. It's right there at the top, and Ian's got everything written out on what we're doing on there. And, of course, on that post, you can also uh, post any questions you have, and Ian will get back to you on that if you have any questions on any details about building the micro challenge and yeah three months away be here before you know it as you know one of my other projects that i'm thinking about at the minute is like an o scale layout maybe proto 48 for for a micro subject and uh, before the covid struck me down i had been walking around the remains of the railroad in the Plymouth Industrial Park here in uh, Minneapolis. Plymouth, Minnesota. It's actually, it's really called the Minneapolis Industrial Park, but it's in Plymouth, Minnesota. And it just so happens that, you know, I can see the railroad from my desk. And I know that there are a lot of abandoned spurs and sidings around there one day i just got the urge to look around and see what i could find out there and 
there really is a lot of remains there left to see many of the tracks are still there i mean the tracks are just like rotting away in places now it was very easy to trace ladders of sidings that created tuning forks and even inglenook track plans i mean this is cool i even found a tuning fork on a curve would you ever have considered planning a tuning fork on a curve for a micro no yeah, that's, that's the thing. You see, everybody get, gets their shelf and they just whack a piece of track down and stick a point in and then whack two other sidings on the end and then they'll add the buildings around. And there you go. Oh, I've got a tuning fork micro layout. I walked the main line. I saw the siding going up. And the siding was even going up like a steep bank. You talk about your Saluda grade there <laughs> on your on your micro, Tom. But I mean, a lot of these industrial units, they do have like steep grades up to the warehouses, you know. So uh, and, I, and I sort of walked around because it was so overgrown. I had to walk it from two different directions to understand what was going on. Because, you know, you would walk a bit and then it would get so overgrown with weeds and seriously trees as well. But the trees are actually growing out in the middle of the rails. So I had to walk at it from one direction and the other to understand what was going on. And then as I got there, I thought, oh, this is a tuning fork. And it's a really cool thing to to discover. I and mean, it's really interesting exploring the whole thing, you know. You look at the Google Earth photograph... And it's possible to predict where the lines are, just where the sidings were, just by looking at the Google Earth imagery. You can look at the the way the trees are actually grown around and uh, you can even make out patches of weeds in from the Google Earth photographs. And though if they're dead straight, you know, you can bet your life that there are railroad tracks underneath it and you go and check it out for yourself and yes there are you know and if in some places it's like so overgrown you can't tell what there is from an aerial photograph and i was like walking one particularly overgrown section and i looked over to my left and there was just like a bare strip of earth it was 50 60 yards long but it was it was actually totally covered over with the overhang of some trees and i thought well that looks like there should be a siding there the, the rails and the sleepers had all been removed from this one, whereas, like I said, in all other parts of the industrial park, all the tracks are still there. You know, so this is this has obviously been removed a long, long time ago. But so I thought, well, I'm for sure it was. I walked back and seriously, this was like I should have been like chopping away at some of this undergrowth with like a machete. It was so overgrown. As I walked back from the other direction, I could actually see the switch gear for the turnout that would have been operating this non-existent siding that I thought was there. Everything was so overgrown. I couldn't see it walking from one direction. But when I came back from the other direction, I could see it. You know, it's absolutely fantastic stuff. I remember there was a, another place that I found. I only remember this because it was next door to a brew pub. So <laughs> I walked past the brew pub. It's called Loose Line Brewing. So it's a railway-associated brew pub. And, I, and so I looked over in, amongst the trees, and there was the railway line. In fact, more than the railway line, there was another turnout there. This wasn't anything that you could see from the Google photos. Uh, there, in the dense undergrowth, 
there was a turnout. Now, I knew where the main line went because I'd been following that for two or three days with 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 my walks. But this other siding, I will never have any idea where it goes because it goes over the road and then into a parking lot. And the parking lot's like all black topped over. It was great fun to do this. I mean, I think I've actually done it all now. I think I've actually walked it all. I've got 150 photographs of overgrown track work to go through. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I know you've been sharing those a bit on Facebook as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll put them all in my uh, on one of my uh, blog pages because it really is a lot of good, interesting research. And I did find a couple of super buildings that i would absolutely like to model and i found a really nice kind of like uh inglenook track plan that is slightly different to normal but i need to wait for the uh for fall when Mm -hmm. the weeds will all start to die off and then i'll be able to trace the track plan a little more accurately it's been a real lot of fun to do this research and i think it's good for helping come up with a realistic layout. You've made a couple of very realistic micros in Herring and Wetterau, so uh, what's your thoughts on this? The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building and operating of Micro Model Railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. If you can go to a site like you're doing, you can actually see, because a lot of times even on Google Maps and Google Earth, you can't see what's really there because of the overgrowth, but actually being on site and being able to get in and walk around is a big help. Uh, for Guetaro Food Services, I actually uh, lived uh, not too far away from it. I could go to the site. I went around and took several photos of uh, uh, the structures in the area and the streets and you know everything else like that. Uh, I was fortunate because the track and the warehouse still exist, although it doesn't receive rail service anymore. The evidence of how it was done and the loading docks and everything were still in place, so that made it easy. It was fun to do, to go somewhere and take photographs and uh, to look at things, uh, you know, just on site. We can't always get to places we would like to. And what do you do in situations when that rail line doesn't exist anymore? You look at pictures on the Internet, sometimes your perspective is very limited to what photographer has taken. I've actually used Google Maps and Street View uh, to design my Heron Micro. And I was actually on a rail fan trip. Uh, several years ago and was exploring the town. The line at that time had been um, out of service, but I didn't get over to the east side of town. And when I got home from my trip, I ended up pulling up uh, Google Maps on my uh, desktop computer 
and got looking around and I found uh, a spur track that was leading over to a, a big factory. And I thought, well, what is this? And you could tell it wasn't in service anymore, but tracks were all intact. It had a crossover and some different track arrangement I thought was really cool. Well, I just started doing some research on the internet and found out it was a Maytag appliance plant, which unfortunately had uh, been shut down. I discovered that scene using Google Maps, took several of those photos and, you know, did screenshots of them and always thought I'd, I'd like to do a layout with that. And I did. I built my hair and micro and that was purely from street view and uh, walking around from the street view angles through Google Maps and uh, was able to um, design that layout. But that doesn't always help people, especially when you're wanting to build rail lines and buildings that no longer exist. Uh, matter of fact, I had discovered an old photo of a streetcar in St. Louis. When I was growing up, I had family that lived in that area, and I knew exactly where it was. I brought it up on uh, Street View. I was having a little bit of trouble because the buildings in the really cool old brick restaurant, it had an old uh, Hyde Park beer sign painted on the side of it. And, you know, I love those old trolley scenes so when i got to that and it was um, the two roads across found that intersection well it don't look anything like that today matter of fact as i was uh, scrolling around on google maps i could not find any of the buildings that were there when that streetcar went through there none of them are in that yeah. location then i looked around on street view and i could see buildings that would have been there in the 50s there were definitely much older buildings but the photo was cropped in on the trolley so i couldn't see exactly how the lay of the land was yeah and so that's a downside so that's one of those times when google maps is not going to be uh, a real big help but that's when doing some additional researching can be a hobby in itself do searches on the internet, go to your local library, especially if you're modeling something in your area or, or you're able to access the library for the town that you're wanting to uh, model from. They're not always easy to find here in the United States, but old Sanborn fire insurance maps, those are excellent oh, resources. Oh, yeah, they're, they're an absolute Bible they are, aren't they? <laughs> they are excellent for that. And if you can get elements of all of those things, it makes it even better. Kind of a long answer to your question there. No, <laughs> no. That was, you prompted a couple of memories for me, actually. You know, we were talking about the uh, the uh, Sanborn fire maps. You know, uh, I've been down here in Leicester Prairie now like four, five years. And before I left Princeton, I was just starting to get involved with the Malax County Historical Society. And they were throwing around the idea of creating a scale model of... Um, the Princeton, Minnesota Depot. They've got a beautiful stone-built depot in Princeton. It's the only one of its type in the country. There was another one in Washington State, but it burnt down. It's a beautiful stone-built building. And they were going to, like, create a model of Princeton Depot and its environs. And what you do is you just get the Sanborn fire map, and, I mean, it's so accurate, you can basically just blow the original map up so that the tracks are marked on there. You just enlarge the map so that the rails that are marked on the map are 16.5 millimeters for HO scale. Get your track gauge right and everything else falls into place because everything is so accurate. All the building footprints are correct. All the building relationships are totally correct. That's how accurate a Sanborn fire map is. And I, I was amazed that you could actually do that. And I know there's another there's another guy whose name eludes me right now. 
uh, who's got a project layout and he's got a lot of street trackage in this and he basically took the Sanborn fire maps and blew them up to the correct size for his HO scale layout and built his baseboards around the Sanborn fire maps. So it's amazing how accurate the Sanborn map is. Another memory that you were prompted from, yeah, it's not totally model railway or railroad related, but uh, you're talking about the way the street layouts change. And uh, yeah, as you know, I've got a uh, 1926 Model T Ford. I've got a key ring, a key fob for a bar in Minneapolis. The keys of my Model T Ford are on this period key fob. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, but it wasn't the original fob for my car, but it was a fob for a Model T, or or it was a it was a fob for a 1926 car, because this key fob has the car registration on it. Oh wow! Mm. And I, I, the only reason I can think that they did this was because you know back in the day you could have any colour you like as long as it's black. <laughs> so if you come out of a bar and you've had three or four whiskies or beers or whatever, and you've got like 20 black Model T Fords in a row in front of you, how are you going to find the right one? You're going to need the you're going to need your car registration on the key fob, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It sure does. So yes, yeah, so never thought I, about that. If every car is black. That's true. Yeah. You come out there and it's the same model. Yeah. So the address of the bar. Billy O'Hearn's bar, it was on the key fob in, in Minneapolis. So I went to Google Street View to see if I could find where this bar was. And unfortunately, it's like you said, it's been plowed under and there's a warehouse there now. The whole researching everything is just so much fun. It is. It is. You can spend hours doing it, too. Well, I'm thinking about trying out another fun challenge featuring a micro layout build within a 24 hour period. However, this time, we're going to have a, a, a bit more lead-in time before it starts. I'm also thinking about designating a time period where an individual will choose a day to build their layout. I was thinking about conducting this maybe in January of 2023, uh, maybe a, a New Year fun challenge for the month of January. If anyone wants to participate, they pick a day in January to build it. It doesn't have to be anything formal. Everyone will be on the honor system regarding their build time. So, you know, if somebody says, I build it in a day, you know, we're not going to send out the build police to verify that you did. <laughs> As we get closer to the end of the year, mm -hmm. uh, probably in December, I'll put something up. That's just a thought. What are any thoughts on that, Ian? That's a, it's a good idea. I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I could well be up for it, though I uh, wouldn't pick New Year's Day to work on my layout, especially if I've been seeing the new year in, you know. I don't know there would be too many people in the group picking uh, New Year's Day for that, but uh, there won't be a contest where there's prizes or anything like that. It'd just mm -hmm. be we can, uh, you know, maybe in February then I can feature different ones that uh, people built and uh, uh, everybody will be free to share it. I'll have more details on that over on the Facebook group and I'll be posting that probably in either late November or early December. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you know, always feel free to contact us at the following you can either email the show at microcartel at AOL.com, or you can send us a comment uh, through the podcast blog page, and uh, you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the Cartel Facebook group. Just search for the Micro Model Railroad Cartel group, 
It is a private group, so you will have to join before you can view the content of the group. Please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join. So from Ian and myself, we want to thank you, and we hope you have a good September, and we'll catch you, I guess that'll be October. Uh, we'll be recording in September, but it'll be published in October. And when we get to that point, uh, we're only going to be down to our last two months for the uh-huh. micro Christmas challenge build. So just a little reminder there for you, Ian. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, well, I um, got a lot on my plate. I mean, next time we talk, Tom, we will be able to discuss the, the fall issue of the dispatch. So can I just put out a quick plea for anybody, if you'd like to see your layouts in the dispatch uh, in the fall issue, please send details to me at editor at gmail.com because at the moment the autumn issue is looking a little bit thin compared to previous issues the last when you think the last two issues were like over 60 pages and uh, this one doesn't barely comes to half that at the minute i need need some more content please so if you have something you'd like to submit send it to that email address for ian and he'll be sure to get it into this uh, next uh, edition coming up in fall it's just going to be a few weeks away so uh Looking forward to that one. So for me and myself, we want to thank you for listening. Have a good night. 